everybody, it's uh, Brett Mitchell here and welcome to the latest edition of Infection Control Matters. Today I'm joined by Dr. Gillian Ray Burrell um, and Gillian's a Senior Research Fellow with the UQ School of Nursing and Midwifery and Social Work and the Hurston Infectious Disease Institute and she's the Director of Education for the Alliance on Vascular Access Training and Research, also known as AVATAR. Uh, welcome Gillian. Thanks, Brett. Good to be here. Oh, it's great to have you on board. Now, today we're going to be talking about an article that um, is called I Decided, a decision tool for assessment and management of invasive devices in the hospital setting. Now, I think this article, correct me if I'm wrong, Julian, this article was originally published in Vascular Access and then republished in the British Journal of Nursing recently. Is that, is that right? No, that, that's correct. It was published in the Canadian Vascular Access Journal, oh which is called Vascular Access, and the British Journal of Nursing picked it up and wanted to reprint. They do that quite often. Yeah. Actually, yeah. they have an agreement, the two journals. So. Oh, great. Well, it's good. Yeah. It's a good way to get your, get your work out there, which is <laughs> Absolutely. How, how, one of the yes. reasons I picked it up as well. <laughs> um, so I guess the first thing perhaps to start with is what is this I Decided tool and what was the, where did it come from? What was the background to, to getting to developing this? Well, I decided is a mnemonic uh, for device assessment, and I'll go through that in a sec, but basically it came from my work looking at IV assessment, specifically peripheral intravenous catheters. So I began by looking at phlebitis assessment and mm. found that there are numerous, too many to tell you, 71 actually, <laughs> phlebitis assessment tools Wow! and people were asking, well, which one is the best? It's yeah. like, well, look, you know, there's problems with all of them, but mm. the main problem that I saw is that it only looked at phlebitis Yeah. and it, there's problems with peripheral catheters that go way beyond phlebitis. As we know um, from doing the 1 million global catheter study mm. uh, with Evan Alexandru, at um, Western Sydney University. Yep. And in the OMG study, we looked at hospitals in 51 different countries and over 40,000 catheters. And we, we, you know, confirmed that problems with peripheral catheters are way more than just phlebitis. Mm. We had problems such as dressings, uh, loose or dirty, falling off. Mm -hmm. We had idle catheters just put yeah. in and not needed. not needed and yeah. <laughs> we had a lot of documentation problems um, catheters never getting uh, their insertion documented or never having any daily assessment at all mm. or you know people would write down um, a phlebitis score but it wasn't actually accurate so and i'm sure mm. this is sounding quite familiar yeah you know it's interesting <laughs> because you know you know i do a bit of work around this area in, in uti space and uh, i know you're going to talk about that in a minute in relation to the tool but um all these things are true of other devices like catheters as well. Absolutely. <laughs> so it, isn't, it really isn't just peripheral catheters, but that's where it all started. Mm. And I thought, well, you know, hang on a sec. Um, people would ask me, well, if we can't use a phlebitis tool and we have all these problems, then what are we going to do? Mm. And I thought, well, I'll go back to the guidelines and I'll have a good think about this. And that's what I did. I, I thought the, the real things that people need to know about any device, uh, is it needed? Mm. Is it working? So the, so the I in the I decided is identify if it's there. Is that right? Yes. But yeah. I, mean, I'll, I'll get to that. You're going to cover that. Okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah there's a couple of, No, that's all right. <laughs> there's some, um, you know, is it needed? Is it working? 
Is it tolerated? Are there any complications or infection? Mm. So I thought, well, they're the things people really want to know. So I went to the guidelines and I mapped it all out. And I'm a word nerd, so I mapped it out into a, <laughs> a mnemonic called I Decided. I thought, look, staff really don't have time to be reading lengthy guidelines. Mm. So I just wanted to make it um, catchy. Yeah. Uh, the size of a lanyard card was really important to me. Yes. <laughs> Well, all the other ones seem to fit on lanyard cars, don't they, as well? Yeah. <laughs> so, and I looked at a lot of evidence for evidence-based bundles as your as I published the paper in mm. Infection, Disease and Health on bundles. Mm. Um, I'd looked at a lot of algorithms and decision tools and all this kind of stuff, and I just thought, no, let's make it simple. I came up with I Decided for a few reasons. Uh, I thought that the acronym gives agency to mm. nurses when you look at something, I decided, you know, what mm. to do about it. Mm. Also, I chose that acronym because it works in multiple uh, Latin-based languages. So <laughs> we <laughs> knew that it, well, we knew that it wasn't just an English-speaking problem. Yeah. It's a global problem. Yeah. So I wanted a broad solution. And then I thought, you know, I had already thought way, way back, well, the principles of device care don't just apply to peripheral catheters. They do apply to anything that you stick in a patient. Mm. And whether that's a urine catheter or a central line or even an endotracheal tube or a nasogastric tube, if you stick it in, you know, is it needed? Is it working? Any problems? Can it come out? Mm. Yeah. So that's pretty much how it all started. And well done on the, on the mnemonic because... Um, and I'm terrible. I don't know. Some people have got a real art to be able to think of catchy names and think of things that are not just catchy, but also meaningful. <laughs> um, and so uh, that, did that take you a bit of time? Because I'm always fascinated about just how long is this? <laughs> yeah, I'm like I said, I am a word nerd and I like acrostics and I like playing yeah. with letters. And it did mm. take me a while. It was quite frustrating. Um, but, uh, no, I was... You know, it could have been any number of things, and I won't even bore you with a few <laughs> options. But I had looked at the ones that people have chosen, and I thought, yeah, mm. I really want something that it's a verb, mm. um, that it confers action. Yeah. So I, I could say now what I decided stands for. Yeah, that would be a good idea. Doesn't yes. know what I'm talking. Yes, about. let's do that. <laughs> uh, I stands for identify if the patient has a device, mm -hmm. because we know that. People actually do happen to go home with a peripheral catheter. We do know that nurses and physicians are not always aware which of their patients mm -hmm. have a device. Uh, so that's really important. Uh, D stands for does the patient need it? Mm. As simple as that. Simple you know, as that has yeah. it been used? Can it come out? Yep. Uh, e stands for effective function. Mm -hmm. Does it still work? Have you checked patency, etc.? cetera? Yeah. C stands for complications, which is pretty self-evident, but whatever the device is, they all have their own different complications. Yeah. But the principle of looking for complications <laughs> doesn't change. Yeah. Uh, I stands for infection prevention because, we, of course, we know that anything you stick in a patient has an increased risk of infection. Yeah. Uh, D stands for dressing or securement, uh, just making sure that you're doing the right care for a device. And E stands for educating the patient, which is interesting because when I started this work, educating the patient wasn't actually in most of the guidelines. Mm. 
But I thought, That's well, important. hang on a sec. That's important. Yeah, very important, yes. <laughs> you know, let's get some patient agency going. <laughs> That's right. And no, not just, you know, I'll tell us if it's red, but, you know, or sore, but actually ask the patient, like, speak up. Do I still need yeah. this thing? Yeah. And then D was documentation. It had to be, you know, document your decision. Does it stay in? Does it need to be fixed in some mm. way or can it come out? Yeah. So, you know, based on this assessment, I decided to, yeah. you know, and whatever you act on. Yeah, that's great. As you say, so it can be used for different different devices, of course. So things like the criteria or, or, or complications um, part, sorry, um, mm -hmm. do you find or on the tool itself, is, is there then reference to the best place to go and look for that complication or you're just yeah, assuming, look, yeah. The thing is I'm not trying to replace anybody's hospital policy. Mm. I'm just asking people to go and be aware that there could be complications. Um, this doesn't take over all education, obviously, yeah. but it does just raise awareness that this is something you need to be looking for. I think nurses are pretty good at looking for complications anyway. We yeah. know um, I do have an audit tool that specifies what you're supposed to be looking for. Mm. But uh, I think people know generally yeah. about the complications bit. That's not the part we've messed up on. I think the parts we've messed up on are, is it needed? You know, mm. the effective function, checking the, the flushing or whatever you're doing, um, making yeah. sure that, you know, the bag, the, say the urine catheter is, is, you know, hanging down below, but it's not touching the floor and all this mm. kind of mm. stuff, you know. I think that's really good because, I mean, what it enables your tool to do, as you say, is to be... Um, useful for different types of devices, but also just overlay um, and not replace some of the existing policies that a hospital might have. And so uh, I think that's really cleverly done because it, it just enables that implementation to be a little bit easier. People can go to look at their local requirements Absolutely. as needed. Mm. Because the evidence changes too. You know, mm. management will change based, mm. based on the research. So I'm not trying to be prescriptive about how you check function how you look, what complications exactly you're looking for. I, I think, you know, things like that, that's, that's for people to, you know, use their own education. This yeah. is not trying to be, you know, oh, I know it all. It's not at all. This is mm. just basic principles that if it's useful, <laughs> great. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, I'm no expert in urine catheters or things yeah. like that so it's it's not for me to tell everybody oh you need to be looking at this you know it's, yeah yeah it's not about that so um how's it how's this gone in in, in clinical practice yeah, yeah so good we did a um as part of my postdoc at griffith university i did an interrupted time series study at three hospitals mm -hmm. and we did that over um 10 months and during that time we did lots of reliability, validity testing and all that kind mm. of stuff. Well, we did the content validity testing um, before we even started the um, the trial. Okay. So uh, yeah, that was published in BMJ Open mm -hmm. in 2020. And uh, we had a lot of experts and clinicians give opinions about the tool and what worked and what didn't work, et cetera. It was all very, very positive. It got over um, 90.9 for the Kronbush Alpha, which was great. Yeah. Um, so that was really good. It's interesting. The the one thing that people didn't see, didn't rank rank highly, yeah. was uh, educate the patient. Oh really? <laughs> and I'm like, 
mean? <laughs> no, that's not going out. <laughs> not going out. <laughs> well, what were the settings you did it in? Was it, it wasn't an ICU-based setting then? No, so I did no. it in uh, medical school. You can understand that that's like that perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> Again, that given yeah. point in time. Yeah. No, well, this was, um, this was not just at the hospitals. This was um, global. I had global experts mm. comment on it. And yeah. um, it was interesting that, uh, nurses didn't see a problem with educate the patient, but some of the global experts are like, what's that doing in there? That's not in the guidelines. And I'm like, yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, we'd, yeah, we'd had it in um, seven wards, medical surgical, mm. one infectious diseases ward. And we unfortunately we had to implement a new care plan um, so that I could capture the data, mm. which is, you know, everyone hates a piece of paper. Yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, that was a bit unfortunate. It was easier in um, one of the hospitals already had a care plan, so we just mm -hmm. took theirs out of the way and put mine in, and that was yeah. they did much better. The ones yeah. that didn't have a care plan were like, "Oh no, not more paper," <laughs> which I'm like, I totally get it. You know, yeah. Yeah. I am a nurse; I do yeah. get it. <laughs> Don't put another piece of paper in front of me. Yeah. Um, but anyway, no, yeah. it was um, overall we. Um, we also did focus groups with staff and et cetera. Uh, overall, it certainly raised awareness mm. of people looking for catheters. And um, nurses said to me, you know, beforehand, because I would ask them, how did you assess beforehand? I did pre and post focus groups. Mm. And beforehand, the answer was always, oh, we look for phlebitis. Mm. Okay. And in the after groups, what do you look at when you um, assess an IV? They said, well, first we look if it's needed. Oh, that's a that's a great outcome. Oh my god! Fantastic. Oh yes, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so that was a that was the you know a real win. And that is, is a big it, win, isn't it? It was that's a big, big win, win. Mm. and we saw a decrease in idle catheters between four to five percent. And that's um, significant, you know, because yeah. you know we're talking four to five percent of a lot. So yes. um, you know, exactly, that's a massive. And if they don't have it. Then they're not going to get those complications, and they're potentially right. going to have a reduction in things like BSIs. Yeah, I really want to um, get people away from thinking about the just in case IV. Mm. I'm, mm. you know, dead opposed to just leaving something in somebody just in case it might be needed. Mm. So what's the, that's great. And what, so what's the next steps? Uh, the next step is um, well, at my hospital, um, QE2 in Brisbane, mm. um, where I was doing a joint appointment, which I've just finished. I Rolled out, mm -hmm. I decided, for all devices. So teaching um, staff, medical and nursing staff, um, on our orientation to the hospital and in-service, et cetera, uh, just teaching them about, you know, these are the guidelines mm. on the lanyard card. This is really, you know, and then if you want to know extra, mm. then you go and look up the policy. But this is really the nuts and bolts. Mainly, is mm. it needed, is mm. it working, and all that stuff. Uh, so we didn't have any money to test it formally, so it hasn't been tested formally. If someone wants to test, I decided all devices yeah. would be so happy. Yeah, but you know, obviously someone <laughs> listening, he thinks, I wouldn't mind trying that. Let's, uh, let's do it together. So they do. Please get in contact. Oh, <laughs> yes, please get in contact. We do have um, a few mm. hospitals overseas and um, some mm -hmm. private hospitals in Australia um, planning to uh, roll out and test, I decided. So that's really great. Um, there's a trial in Spain that's going exciting, to start, yeah. which is pretty exciting. And um, in the meantime, I'm just, you know, I'm writing up publications, um, just trying to, you know, promote it. If people find it useful, mm. then great, go ahead. 
putting it in, um, it's gone into a couple That's of right. textbooks. Yeah. And, um, yeah, there's a website on, there's a web page okay, on the so Avatar website. we'll put a link website. to the Avatar website on there, the podcast. It's quite easy to Google Avatar, of course, um, and uh, maybe... You know, you go well, you've the, got to the little blue the infection or vascular <laughs> device or something in there. Yeah, yeah, it's av- yeah. it's actually Avatar Group. If you find there Avatar Group, blue. you'll find us. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, you get blue men. Um, and look, I should have mentioned at the start as well. You know, Gillian is also associate editor of uh, Infection, Disease, and Health. Uh, and so, you know, thanks, Gillian, for your work in that um, space as well. No problem at all. It's enjoyable. It's great. Oh well, that's been really good. Um, really. Great to hear about this piece of work, and I really hope that this um, you know continues to expand and, and uh, maybe get some more interest and some further research in this. It'd be great down the track to see some um, other uh, outcomes as well. You know, from wide number of hospitals and reduction in um, in usage, but maybe even a holy grail of seeing some reduction in that in, would be uh, the holy grail. Very hard with peripheral <laughs> catheters, <laughs> it's, but it's uh... a massive study. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Uh, anyway, all right. Look, thanks so much for your time, Gillian. And are you happy, as I say, if people are interested in this or got any questions about to, to contact you? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Mm. Um, so they can contact me um, at g.ray-barul mm. at griffith.edu.au. Mm. Um, I'm also at UQ. Excellent. We'll put your details on the Yeah, well. uh, Griffith owns the trademark for I Decided, so okay. I run anything I Decided through sure. Griffith. Yep. So that's the best way to go. Fantastic. Thanks, Brett. But yeah, well, it's been a pleasure talking to you. And thanks to all our listeners for, for joining us in this latest edition of Infection Control Matters. Until next time, it's bye from us. <laughs> <laughs>